different dimensions of God's creation. Some are in heaven. Hallelujah. According to the scriptures. Some are where? In heaven. Hallelujah. And some, thank you sir. And some are on the earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. That is members of the family. However, when we take a closer look at scripture, when we interpret scripture, we look at scripture more deeply, we also see that the reason why God has made us his house on the earth here. Okay, so the one in Ephesians doesn't talk about the house. It talks about family. So let's, let's divide it properly, okay? Ephesians chapter 3. is not talking about the house of God. Ephesians chapter 3 is talking about the family of God. And you say, why are you saying that? Well, I'm saying that because it looks like there is a difference between the family of God and the house of God. Praise God. So I was saying that when we take a closer look at scripture, that is what um, it would appear to be. But let me pause there and I just want to, you know, I want to throw our minds to some of the instructions that the Lord has given us in the past 24 months, you know, moving forward, okay? And the Lord said he had given us seven years to raise certain levels of men, okay? Praise God. Now, the reason I believe those words is because of this scripture. Let's go to Zechariah. Zechariah chapter, is it 12 or 13? In that day, the David shall be what? The weak amongst you shall be like the David, and the David amongst you shall be like the angel of the Lord, like the Lord himself. Zechariah what, 12? Is it 12? Praise God. Zechariah chapter 12. No, is it 12? 12 verse 9. Verse 8. Right. Praise the Lord. So because of this singular scripture, I believe, I believe, I believe those words. Hallelujah. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. He that is feeble. Do you see? What is feeble? What does it mean to be feeble? Weak. It means to be weak, right? Yeah. So, it means that in that gathering of God's people, some would be weak until that day. Now, I've always said that the day, praise God, the day doesn't mean a calendar day. When you're reading scripture and you say, in that day shall, in that day, it doesn't mean 10th of July, necessarily. It could mean that. So you have to interpret that day from the context of what is being written or what has been written. So for you to know whether it's talking about a particular day, like for example, now when it talks about the day now that uh, uh, Joshua caused the sun to stand still, right? That's a day. That's, a, that's reference. That's not a season. Uh -huh. So that's what I'm saying. So this is saying that in that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem and he that is feeble amongst them 
at that day shall be as David. So it is the intention of the Lord that a day will come when, and when I mean a day, a season will come when all the feeble in the house of God, in the, as inhabitants of Jerusalem, will be strengthened and they will become like David, according to this scripture. Am I correct? Now, if we look into the life of David properly, we'll see that David was a man after God's heart. David was a man who loved the Lord. David was the man who established the pattern of eternal worship when it was not established by law. Hallelujah. David was the man who opened up the tabernacle and broke all the laws of the tabernacle according to the Old Testament order and functioned in our day because he dared to own God. He dared to own the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So he broke all the protocols of that day, entered into the temple, took the shoe bread that was meant for the priest and gave it to his men and ate of it himself and took a sword from there. Praise God. That end that high priest his life. The high priest that helped him on that day, Saul killed him. Hallelujah. And then when the Ark of the Covenant was brought back to Israel, you know, that's one of my husband's favorite scriptures, David opened the tabernacle and caused that all Israel could look at it. Praise God. And established worship in the house of God 24-7. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now when God gave Moses the law, now I want us to see the expressions of the spirit and the dimensions of the spirit. When God gave Moses the law, God told Moses, three times shall the men appear before me in Jerusalem. Right? Three times. But in the days of David, David made it an everyday affair. David made it an everyday affair. So that means David, that thing he did was symbolic of today. Because today, we do not appear before God. We do not go to the temple. We do not go to the tabernacle. We do not go to Jerusalem three times a year. And neither is worship anymore in Jerusalem. Am I correct? Isn't that what Jesus said at the well? He said, he told the woman at, at, at the well, he said, neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem shall there be worship. He said, worship has now what? Changed. Worship from now onwards, it will be where? In the spirit. That a man will worship God wherever he is. As long as you have your body. Praise the Lord. Because you go to the temple to worship. And so what did God do? He made the body the temple. He made our body his temple. So that every time we can worship. We can worship 24-7. We can worship 24 hours a day. Praise God. We can worship wherever we are. We worship when we come together. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So God said here, he that is feeble among you shall be like the David. Another thing that, that hits me about David, that David never lost one battle. David never ever lost a battle. You know, we like some adages. We like to pacify ourselves. 
We like to remind ourselves that we are human. But God doesn't want you to remind yourself that you are human. God wants you to constantly remind yourself that you are supernatural. That you are a spirit man. That the spirit of God dwells in you. And the reason why the spirit of God lives in you is because there is something. There's a training. There is something the spirit of God has come into your life to do. And it's to turn you. It's to turn you from flesh to what? To spirit. It's to turn our bodies subject to death. To our bodies quickened to life. Hallelujah. It's to cause us to realize that our spirits, our spirits have become quickening spirits. Our spirits are not just the soulish, uh, living soul, but as it were, that Adam received. Right? Now, our spirits have become life-giving. Life-giving. So, the training of the spirit is for us to come into that consciousness and live with that consciousness on a daily basis. Hallelujah. I was, I belong to a chat group, and I was listening to, somebody threw in a prayer request. A, a man whose two kidneys had just failed. And if you check the man's uh, pedigree, he's highly learned. I don't want to call his titles. You know, just to keep the privacy, his privacy, just in case anyone is listening. When you check all the titles attached to his name. So, and they threw the prayer request on that platform and they said, please pray for this, my friend. His two kidneys have failed. And he went to, something happened to him earlier on this year. And he went to the hospital. Not that he didn't go to the hospital. He went to the hospital. But the medication they gave him, they diagnosed him wrongly and gave him medications that is now causing his kidneys to fail. That has damaged his kidneys. So his two kidneys have failed. And somebody said, please pray for him. You know, my experience is that those prayers don't work. That's pray for him. Pray for them. It doesn't work. Majority of the times, it doesn't work. What works is fight. Fight works. Administration. So I made a comment. I struggled with that comment. I said, should I talk? Should I not talk? Should I talk? Should I not talk? Should I keep quiet? Should I just watch? Is it proper to have an information that can help someone and because of what they will say, you keep quiet, right? Should I have kept quiet? Having an information that could help? Praise God. So I decided not to keep quiet. And I said, I made a comment and I said, I said, okay, somebody, you know, you know how we are. When we just say pray for somebody, everybody begins to post prayers. They type prayers. They don't, they're not praying, no. They will just type prayers and post. And somebody will say, in Jesus' name. He are healed in Jesus' name. It is that you are healed in Jesus' name. It didn't even go through their heads. They didn't process it. Because you can say you are healed in Jesus' name and it carries power. And it can deliver healing, right? But when you say it carelessly, if it doesn't touch you, it doesn't touch God. And it will not touch any demon. And it will not touch any situation. That's why the Bible says the effectual, fervent. If we like, let us interpret it. Let us go anywhere and interpret it. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man makes much power available. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So somebody now posted that scripture. And 
uh, by the stripes of Jesus, he has been healed. Jesus healed him. I said, I agreed. So I made a comment. I said, yes. I said, but healing is for engagement. I said, healing is for engagement. And God's people need to be taught how to engage it. And they, how to get it. How to engage it. And the how. Honestly, the minute I made that statement, everybody, see, that platform is a platform of spiritual gurus. But everybody, I be, people were, okay, tell us how. Okay, what is the secret? Okay, what do you know? And then some people came to me privately. Please teach me how. One woman said, I have this disease. I cannot walk on my legs. Please teach me how. This one said, this one happened. Please, how? This thing you are saying, how, how, how? We want to know how. So the man that posted, uh, told me, he sent me the man's number immediately. He said, call, this, call his number. He said, call his number. And no, no, I asked him a question. I said, is he born again? He said, yes. I said, is he filled with the Holy Spirit? Does he speak in other tongues? He said, yes. Then I said, then his kidneys don't have to fail. His kidneys don't have to fail. I said, all he needs to learn is how to fight. Can he fight? I asked, I said, can he fight? See, babies can fight. I, I remember a friend of someone I know very well. She contacted AIDS. She was not living right. She was an unbeliever and she contacted AIDS. And the AIDS had begun to journey. Right? You could see. You know those days? I think AIDS, they found help medically for AIDS, right? At that time, there was no help. So she had started breaking out with the bombs of AIDS. But she made up her mind. She said, Lila, I'm not going to die. So all the sins that she committed that brought her to that condition, she asked God for forgiveness and asked God to forgive her all of them. And she started fighting. She fought and fought and fought. All she knew is that God can heal me. And I'm going to depend on God to heal me. She didn't back off from medical procedure. She was going for all her medical procedure. But medically, even with the medical procedure, she was already gone. But she said she's not going. Today, if you see her and see me, we are the same. She's thoroughly healed. All the symptoms gone. Married with three children. What she just made up her mind is that I will fight. Another friend of hers fell sick with cancer. And you know what the friend said? He said, I can't fight like her. I don't have the energy to fight. That one died. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, so this is when they started calling me like, you know, so when they started calling me, I wanted to chicken out. I said, you know, you have big mouth. <laughs> you, have, you have got to talk. Talk now. Okay, Nguano, oh yeah, go, go and deliver the man. So the guy was calling me, but I was having a quiet time. I was studying my scriptures. I was in the prayer room. I kept telling him, I said, wait, don't worry. I will, I will speak to him. You know, he'll call me again. Have you spoken to him? I said, calm down. Don't worry, I will speak to him. So, when I finished with my study, I called the number. It didn't go through. I left him a message, you know. When I spoke to him this morning, a fully grown man with beautiful, if you see his children, in fact, when I cited his children, I said, this man must not die. Eh. I clicked on his DP. I saw those children. 
beautiful soyo children. I said, so somebody will tell me now that these children now will start crying that their daddy is gone. I said, no, 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 no. No, we can't be going through this in the body. Something has to happen. So I called, I called him, I called him. And when I called him, I started asking him. I didn't ask him, you know, um, anything seriously about it. I just asked him, I said, are you born again? Oh, he went on a story. So I realized, okay, there's an issue. But in the course of telling me, he broke down and started crying like a child. I saw how helpless a man can be in the face of an adversity that is staring you at the face that you appear helpless towards. So I told him, you know what I told him? I said, the first thing we want to do before we can move forward is that we have to conquer the fear of death. I said, can you conquer the fear of death? Can I show you how you can conquer the fear of death? And we spent some minutes engaging the word of God, engaging the scriptures, teaching him, teaching him, teaching him, teaching him. I said, you feel the Holy Ghost? He said, yes. He hasn't been, go I said, it doesn't matter. Go, you are a believer, whether you go to church or not. Are you a believer? Did you receive Jesus? Actually, he pulled back from church because of issues with his wife. So he said, no, I don't want my marriage to break. I love my wife. So let me pull back until we come to agreement. And then this showed up. We prayed. I didn't, not pray. Just touch the word, touch the word, touch the word. That man that appeared weak, suddenly strength. I can assure, I believe he's instantly healed. I believe he's healed. As I was speaking the word of God to him, he was swallowing it. You could see, you know, if you're a minister, you will know when your word is being received. And I began to speak. I said, as I'm speaking to you, as this word of God is coming into you now, I said, it's doing, it was working in your members. It's working in your body. It's working in your kidney. It's working. It's working. It's working. Praise God. The feeble among them shall be as what? As the David. There is a training that the feeble need to be engaged in that will make them a David. Praise the Lord. He said, I would have come to meet you and I said, don't worry. Wherever you are. He doesn't live in Lagos. I said, stay wherever you are. It's okay. I forwarded him the fatherhood of God. I forwarded him bloodline. I forwarded him confessions, declarations. I said, can you make this declaration? He said, yes. I said, good. I said, don't sleep today. Don't sleep tomorrow. Give yourself 48 hours. I said, pray. Hear the word. Declare the word. Make confessions. Pray. Declare the word. Make confessions. And then speak to your kidney. I said, don't pray, God. Heal me, oh. Oh, Father Lord, heal me. In the name of Jesus. I ask you to heal me. I said, if you pray like that, you will die. Do you know if you pray like that, that you will die? I said, don't pray like that. Because there is something Jesus has done that he wants his people to get a hold of. He wants his people to get a hold of it. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the David shall be, the feeble amongst you shall be as the David. These people, they would learn to walk with the Lord. They will learn to love God. They will learn to love righteousness. They will learn to do the will of God. But initially they were feeble. Every little thing made them afraid. Every little thing made them afraid. But David was never afraid. Hallelujah. <laughs> David was never afraid. I've been reading Psalm 118. I, you know, the last two retreats we had was when I picked up Psalm 118 again. And I remember that there was a season in my life. It was one of my scriptures that I confessed daily. Second Chronicles chapter 20, Psalm 136, Psalm 118, Psalm, uh, what you call it now? Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Every day they were my companion. And I said, oh, I left Psalm 118. I'm going to go back to Psalm 118. And, and one of the things that stood out to me there was, David said, the man said, all nations come past me about. He said, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. He said, all nations come past me about. But in the name of the Lord, I will what? Destroy them. They come past me about like bees. So that means that they were in their multitudes. They were not few. But he said, in the name of the Lord. It's not empty swearing. He said, I will destroy them. He was sure. That as long as God was with him, he was sure that he would destroy them. And he destroyed all of them. He didn't lose one single battle. The only battle he would have lost in his life was after he became old. And one day he decided to go to war. And the brothers of Goliath saw him and said, Eh, this man that killed our brother. But that day, his sons that he raised, who had been, who was now stronger than him? That's why a father must train his sons well. So your strongs, your sons can stand with your enemies against your enemies at the gates. That's what the Bible says. See, children are like arrows in the hands of a mighty man. He will shoot them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now look at the house of David. The Bible now says that, and the house of David, so them of this company, those that have already been raised to the level of David, will now become like God. <laughs> huh? Like the angel of the Lord. They will be as God. As the angel of the Lord before them. So when they stand before the people. The people will think that this, this is God. Their words will not fall to the ground. They will have authority like God. They will have authority in heaven. They will have authority on the earth. Praise God. So God told us. He said in seven years. This is what I want this company to be. That's what God was saying. Forget about whether he said Kenneth Hagin, whether he, he said John the Baptist, or whether he said um, Moses. That's it, because Moses was like God. Moses was like God. Moses was a type of God. 
God told, in fact, God told Aaron, he is your God. He said, Moses is your God. You are his prophet. <laughs> you are his prophet. When Moses walked up to Pharaoh, he went up to Pharaoh as God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, the Lord has spoken to us again as we journeyed into this place. You know, yesterday as I was praying, was it yesterday? Either yesterday or this morning. I probably pray those prayers almost every day, really. You know, I just asked the Lord, I said, show us how to build. 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 Because the building is not... You know, it's not the container we're in right now. Neither is it the brickwork they are doing outside there. As important as these are, but let's not be distracted. That's not the building. The building is you and me. The building is you and me. Praise God. And the Lord spoke to us recently. And the Lord said to me, I was inquiring of the Lord. I was inquiring of the Lord about this place. Now we are here. Now Lord what? Now we are here. Now Lord what? Now we are here. Now Lord what? Every day I was seeking the Lord. In fastings, in prayer, seeking the Lord. And one day the Lord spoke to me. He said, make me a habitation. He said, you want me here? Then make me a habitation. Make me a place that I will come and what? Dwell in. Dwell in. Make me a habitation. So, to make the Lord a habitation, the interpretation is not to come and paint this place white. Eh? Make the carpet white. Change the tiles. Turn it white. Put white curtains. When we go to heaven, all the, those who have gone to heaven, their testimony of, of heaven, a lot of times, that everywhere is what? Then we can do some tronic representations, do some art, paint the rainbow, <laughs> bring purple and yellow flowers here and there. Now you can do all of that until each individual person becomes a habitation, creates a habitation for him. We haven't done it yet. So do you see why the assignment is a frightening one? Until I myself become his habitation. I was asking him a question two weeks ago about something, something I was dealing with. And he gave me Psalm 16. He gave me Psalm 16. The path of life. Let me read that scripture. Hallelujah. Thou will show me the path of life. Thou will show me the path of life. God wants to show us what? The path 
of life. There is a path of life. That will show me the path of life. Now, this is the path of life. He said, in thy presence is fullness of what? Joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. So, the man that will fulfill this scripture has come into an everlasting state of joy and pleasure. Eh? This being will not experience temporary depression. This person will not experience fear. This person will not experience defeat. This person will not experience loneliness. Huh? He says, show me the path of life. This is where you will find life. You want life? That's what he told me. Do you want life? He said, then it's in my presence. It's in my presence. It is there you will find pleasures. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I... I to tie the two instructions together. Okay? Me being a habitation. Us making the, a habitation for the Lord in this place. And then as an individual being a person, being one that is hungry for the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I began to learn some things you know, recently. I began to listen. I listen Listen beyond the surface, you know. Listen beyond just what a preacher is saying. Now, for you to listen beyond what a preacher is saying, maybe you might need to hear one or two of his experiences or have, a, uh, have an idea of the kind of life he's living. At, in Francis' meeting this morning, he talked about, he mentioned... Um, listening to he mentioned studying people right? am I correct? Huh? Stud, not just revivals I talked about studying people studying the prophets studying Jesus and someone asked how? how do you study the people? so he, he gave an example he said you can ask uh, AI Give me the, give me all the scriptures, for example, give me all the scriptures about Jeremiah and, so like, like, like he spoke about John. Uh -huh, like John and what now? Uh, Say, so give me, <laughs> you, you bad students. <laughs> Okay, okay. So, so give me, give me scriptures of how all the scriptures where Joshua encountered angels, for example, right? So he will pull out those scriptures, and then you take time to begin to read those scriptures, read the experiences of John and the angels, and blah blah blah. So that's where you are studying that man and his pattern. Do you understand what I'm saying? Good. So, if we want to ascend. 
to the type of life that a man has ascended to is either we will do exactly what he did or we will surpass him. Is either we'll do exactly what he did or we'll surpass him. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I have come to realize that the presence of God is incomplete in the life of a believer until you make studying the word of God or reading the word of God your daily companion. Reading God's word daily. And I don't mean reading one chapter daily. I don't mean reading two chapters daily. Right now in Lamb's Wife, we're training people to read three chapters. Frankly, I don't mean reading three chapters daily. We, we, have, to, we have to drill ourselves to break into an uncomfortable zone. Where we have to sacrificially kill some things so that we can be able to practice his presence. And I'm not sharing this because I have been perfected at it. I am being trained to be so, right? Praise the Lord. I'm being trained to be so. And it's amazing how many places we go to and how many things we engage in on a daily basis that are useless. Can I say that again? I said, and it's amazing how many places we go to and the things that we do on a daily basis that are useless. Because those are the times and the hours we could have spent in God's presence. Not necessarily, oh, masha, 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 masha. Now, you can never rule away those hours of being alone with the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues. However, apart from that, you can't pray in Holy Ghost for three hours at night and then the rest of the hours of the day, maybe you sleep for another six hours, six plus nine. Six plus three is nine hours, right? So 24 minus nine, how many hours are we left with? Huh? 15 hours. And then you use the other 15 hours anyhow. You won't, you won't touch it. It won't, it won't work. There will be limitations. You use it anyhow. You know what you have done? Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God's. That's what you have done. And that's not what God is looking for. That's not what God is looking for. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So if we are going to rebuild the tabernacle of David, because that's the tabernacle that God is looking to build in the New Testament, right? Eh? Isn't that what Peter prophesied? The day the Holy Spirit came. Eh? The day the Holy Spirit came. That's what he said that God was coming back to the earth to do. That is the promise that God said he will come. He's not coming back to rebuild Moses' temple. 
He's not coming back to rebuild Solomon's temple. He's coming back to build the tabernacle of David. So what did the tabernacle of David look like? Huh? Please, please, please speak. What did the tabernacle of David look like? Un unhindered access to God. Unhindered access. Unhindered access to the presence of God. 24 hours worship before God. So you begin to see that scriptures, scriptures make a meaning, right? Scriptures like, be not filled with wine, wherein in what? In excess, but be filled with what? With the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the path of life. That's where God wants, that's why God wants to draw us into. And what the Lord, I believe what the Lord is saying to me is that, do you want to fulfill destiny in Ogudu? Do you want to fulfill assignment in this place? Then build me a habitation. Let my glory fill this place. And what is God saying? I want my glory to fill your individual lives. That's what God is saying. Now, I agree that in this place, his presence could become tangible that you bring a sick man here the sick man will go. Why? The only reason why his presence will become tangible here is because those who carry his presence came. He doesn't go to buildings. What is he looking for in buildings? What is he looking for in buildings? Nicely built cathedrals? No. He's inside his people. He's in his people. So the Holy Spirit is like perfume. So when we gather here together with a focus of worshipping him, of serving him, of sharing fellowship with him through his word, through prayer, through love to one another, administration of the spirit, allowing his giftings and his expressions to manifest, when we go, you will see some of those perfumes. And if you make it a habit, then there will be angels permanently here waiting for those things. There will be angels permanently here waiting for, 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 for those things. And then you will see how desperate God is looking for the fellowship of his people. How desperate he is that when two or three people begin to talk about the Lord and talk about his love and talk about his goodness, the Bible says what, what happens immediately? He will come. Am I correct? Instantly he will come. And the Bible says that when he comes, a book of remembrance will be what? Opened. They will start taking notes. And then they will start checking things in people's destinies, in people's lives. I was reading, I was reading um, Luke. I was reading Luke. I joined a, a Bible reading club to challenge me more. Apart from Lamswa. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I've been successful at it. No kidding. One day I'll be able to talk like David Hogan. 
hundred chapters a day. I did it. One day, I'm not there. I haven't even reached half of hundred, but that other task and this one, I realized it's not easy. And I realized that the journey is a journey of sacrifice. Did you hear what I said? This journey of sonship, this journey of priesthood is a journey of sacrifice. It's not a journey of convenience. I was sharing with Barbara three days ago. I was so tired during the day and I didn't go to bed as early as I should have so that I would be able to get at least three, four hours of deep sleep, you know, before I wake up. But the time my... The time that my body alarm even wakes up has even, is it reduced or increased? Like if you used to wake up 4 a.m. and you now wake up by 3, is it reduced or increased? Reduced? Yes, so it has even reduced. I'm now waking up one hour earlier without alarm. My eyes. But that particular day, I had woken up, but my body refused to wake up. Even though the Spirit of God had woken me up, my eyes refused to wake up. I was trying to open my eyes. My eyes refused. My eyes were pressed. My eyelids were pressed together. But I had made a covenant with God. I said that day, I will pray. Eh? I will pray. Let it sleep. Sit on my head. Sit on my eyelashes. You know what I did? I used my hands to do like this. Because my eyes couldn't open. So I used my fingers to open my eyes. My eyes opened. I said, hey, open. It's time to pray. So I sat down. And I started praying. And after about 20 minutes, the sleep disappeared. And I was awake for the next four hours. Praise the Lord. If we must touch the things that have been written concerning us. If we must touch the things that have been written concerning us. If we must touch the things that have been written concerning us. Then we have to live sacrificially. Your convenience, your comfort, your pleasures will come last. Praise God. So I want to challenge us. Let's build a habitation for the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. Amen. By the purity of our lives. By the purity of our lives. By friendship with the word of God. I want to read a few scriptures. Exodus chapter 19.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people, verse 10, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow. Why? He wanted to meet with them. Right? So he said, Go ahead. And sanctify. Now that word sanctify means set them apart. They should set themselves what? Apart. Sanctify them today and tomorrow. Let them wash their clothes. That washing of their clothes is symbolic. Is, 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 it, is it almost they used to wash away sin? It is symbolic. But in the Old Testament, God dealt with them in symbols. In the New Testament, God is dealing with us in the reality. Symbols are gone. Does it mean you should be wearing dirty dresses? No. But now, your garments that you are washing are spiritual garments. The clothes that you are washing are spiritual clothes. Praise God. What are spiritual garments? Where is your garment found? In your soul, in your heart, your thoughts. Your imaginations, your desires, your pleasures, your doubts, your fears. Doubt and fear are evil. Did you know that? It's evil not to believe God. Bible called them an evil heart of unbelief. An evil heart of unbelief. So a heart that wrestles with God's word, a heart that fights God's word, is an evil heart. The Bible says we should put away that heart. Praise the Lord. Let them wash their clothes and be ready against the third day. Eh? Be ready against what? The third day. For the third day, the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And verse 14 says, because of time, and Moses went down from the mount unto the people and sanctified the people and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, be ready against the third day. Do not come near your wives. There are instructions in the scriptures that even counsels Husbands not to come near their wives at specific seasons. Even up till today. Am I correct? Say so when you take your when you set times for praying and fasting, it says separate yourselves for the purpose of praying and fasting and come back again quickly so that Satan will not tempt you out of incontinence. So that means that during the season of fastings and prayer, there should be what? So if God spoke those words to them in the Old Testament and he expected them to believe it. Now, if any man, if any man in that, in, in that day went near their wives and came that day, no, they would have been struck dead. Now, because those things don't happen to us, we break all those laws. Many of us have commonized God, you know? We have commonized God. We have we don't think the boundaries have been so lowered 
or the standards have been so lower that we do not even think that there are things that are sacred. Do you know offering is sacred? Once your money leaves your pocket and enters here, it becomes God's property. It becomes sacred. When you set aside a certain amount of money and you say, this money is my tithe or this money is my offering, God's hand will stretch out. An invisible hand of God will stretch out and stay on it. If you play around with it, if you treat it anyhow, you are dishonoring God. Now, I'm teaching us, I'm learning, and I want you to learn with me because we are the ones that we make this habitation for God. We can't live riotously and then appear here and say we're building a house for the Lord. No. We must set our house what? In order. We must set our house in order. Praise God. So we can't touch God's things anyhow. And can I tell us the truth? Do you know that even after you have taken out a portion and said this portion belongs to God, do you know that even the rest has become sanctified and should not be used anyhow? Should not be used anyhow. God told the children of Israel, you say I'm your Lord. Eh? You say I'm your master. You say, where is my honor? How do you honor me? Now what is honor to God? Have we labored, have we tried to find out Father, what does honor mean to you? How do I conduct myself? Because once we're not committing fornication we're not committing adultery, right? We don't think there's anything we're doing wrong. We're not lying, we're not fighting. But how do we honor God? What does it mean to honor God? Have I tried to learn it? Have I tried to ask God, what is it? What does honor mean to you? Now that we're in the New Testament. Praise God. Go to verse 20. I want to read the Ten Commandments. You know why I want to read the Ten Commandments? Because it is relevant till tomorrow. It is relevant till eternity. In the, in the tabernacle, which, which God built. Hallelujah. You know? In the book of Hebrews and Revelation, God talks about the tabernacle which, he's, which he built, right? So there is a tabernacle which a man built that was standing in the wilderness. But there is that which a man's hand did not build. The one they showed Moses. So they showed Moses that tabernacle. In that tabernacle that Moses saw, Moses came to the earth and reproduced what he saw. And when Moses built the, the, uh, the ark, not the ark, the uh, mercy seat, where they put the, the, this thing, the ark, the, what's the name of that box? Where the shoe bread was, Aaron's rod that boarded, and ark of the covenant, yes. So why was I, ark of the covenant, I was thinking of Noah's ark. Okay, that's what, Noah's ark. When I said ark, the image of Noah's ark came into my head. So if in that ark, one of the things that Moses saw in that ark was the Ten Commandments. It's there. 
the tablets is there. So let's, let's just read it. I want us to look at it, okay? And, you know, as you read, you ask the Holy Spirit. You adjust yourself. Lord, what are you saying? Because everything doesn't mean exactly as it is today. But they are all saying something. I am the Lord your God that brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. So sleep can be a God. Ministry can be a God. Your property can be a God. The work you are doing for God can be a God. You can put that thing before worship. It has become a God. Anything you are doing for God that you put before worship has become your new God. It doesn't matter that you are doing it for God. Thou shalt not make unto you any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is under in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. You say, but this proverb has been abolished. Can I tell you the truth? This, this scripture has been fulfilled. Somebody took this punishment. Jesus took this punishment. Because this is God's nature. This is who he is. Sin does not go unpunished. Something must pay for sin. Life must be given for sin. Blood must be shed for sin. There is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. That means life must drop. So we must interpret the scriptures properly. Hallelujah. So I show mercy unto thousands of those who love me. Any man that loves me will find mercy. I will show them mercy. It's my nature. Praise God. Those that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. It is from this commandment that Paul wrote the Corinthian church instructing them to stop mockery, to stop jesting, to stop talking anyhow. So we have to be very careful. Even when you attend parties and you attend weddings and you bring your, your, your what you call him? Eh? Your MC. He can crack all the jokes he wants to crack, but the, when he mentions the name of your God, you better not laugh. You better not laugh because your teeth will fall out. All your spiritual teeth will fall out. Your beauty is going. They are disgracing yourself. You better not laugh. When they use Bible, when they start going, they call them Christian comedians. Eh? They will start using God's word to, to, to fabricate jokes and, and make jokes. And believers will be laughing. 
laughing, entertaining. When he finished, you give him one million naira, he will go. You have broken the commandment. He said, neither jesting, nor foolish talking, nor nothing. When you read that scripture, you think that God is a very serious God. He doesn't laugh. But that's not true. God is highly humorous. There are many beautiful things to make him laugh. Love makes you laugh, doesn't it? Do you have to jest and talk carelessly to be joyful? Huh? No. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, I, 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 I see some jokes, you know, some of all those things, I see some of them and I'm like, please, just get get this nonsense out of the way. This is offensive to my spirit. It's offensive to my journey. Hallelujah. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your manservant, nor your maidservant, nor your cattle, nor any stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God giveth you. So what is my responsibility? To find out what honor means to my parents. To find out what honor means to my dad. To find out what honor means to my mom. And not to go out of my way for any reason to bring dishonor. Praise God. Now, of course, you know, some parents will want you to do sacrifice because that's what they want. Please don't do that. You know what Jesus said? He said, you must not honor your father before me. You will not honor your children above me. So we must balance scriptures very well, right? Part of the crime that Eli committed is that Eli honored his children above God. He was afraid of his children. He couldn't correct his children. He couldn't instruct his children. He couldn't tell them, Tah! don't do this thing. God doesn't like it. God will destroy you. He preferred to be at peace with them and laugh with them than to reproof them and correct them. Sometimes we keep appointments with men above appointments with God. You know that's dishonor. You have chosen to honor men above God. Huh? See, it, it, this race is not, this race is not a casual race. So. This race is not a casual race. The more I'm reading the scriptures, the more I'm reading scriptures, the more I'm getting afraid. Not the fear of torment, 
But the more I'm being washed, right? The more I'm dropping things that I accepted before that could pass. No, in the days of ignorance, God wings out. There's no ignorance anymore. God is commanding all men everywhere to repent. The reason that commandment to repent is coming, is coming out, is because he's coming. The Lord is coming. They will shut the door very soon. This is the last call. To this generation, this is the last call. Take it from me. This is the last call to this generation. A, a believer that does not respond to the voice of the bridegroom at this hour will be among the five foolish virgins. You will be talking your tongues and be making your money and they've closed the door. And you will be talking in tongues. And they've shut the door. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not be a false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Nor his manservant. Nor his maid servant. Nor his ox. Nor his ass. Nor anything that belongs to your neighbor. I was listening to Kenneth Copeland one day and he was talking about a house that they wanted to buy or something. And there was a house nearby that he liked. Or, you know, I'm not telling the story exactly, right? I've forgotten the story. But the bottom line of it was that he refused to build that house because it was his neighbor's house. That day I was shocked. I said, eh? so these men are this strict. He said, if I do that, that will be covetousness. Bible says I should not covet my neighbor's house. I said, wow. And these are some of the preachers that we look down on, right? We say they are faith, faith, faith preachers. Eh? Prosperity preachers. But you see what is guiding their own hearts? Huh? You see how their heart, you see how his heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I want to read one more scripture. I think it's First Corinthians chapter 10. The whole of chapter 10 is good to read. However, because of time, we want to be closing by 6 as much as possible. Because of time, I will just read from verse 23. Okay? Bible says, he said, Paul is writing, he said, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not what? Expedient. We understand that, don't we? Eh? All things are not expedient. There might not be a, a law that says I shouldn't do this thing. However, I can check by the Spirit of God. Right? It is not expedient. It is not necessary. You don't have to. All things are lawful for me, but all things do not edify. So all things do not build up. That edify means build up. Huh? So those things that 
I mean, the law allows me to do them, but yet, in doing them, there is no building up. There is no edification. Bible says it is not what? Necessary. It's not necessary. He said, let no man seek his own, but every man and others. That wealth is not in the original. They added it. So I don't want to add it. Let no man seek his own, but every man, every man, seek the well-being of your brethren. Hallelujah. Look at some of the instructions. I say, whatever is sold in the shambles, that eat. That's whatever is sold, sold in the market, right? Eat. Don't ask questions for your conscience sake. So, you see, the scriptures are full of instructions to guide us with our daily lives. So, we can't claim ignorance. Hmm? For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you to a party or bid you to a feast and you are disposed to go, whatever he sets before you eat, asking no questions for conscience sake. Praise the Lord. But if any man says to you, this is offered in sacrifice unto idols, don't eat it for his sake that showed it to you. And for conscience sake, because the man is going to watch and see whether you eat it. That's why he's telling you. They offer this thing to idols. Say, hey, bring a mango chopper. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not your own, but of the other. Eh? Do you see how I walk? This is expounding to us how you watch out for the other person. That's why I say it's not wealth. You must look into salvation. You must look at what are the things I am doing? What do I want to do that will present a stumbling block to my brother's salvation? To the furtherance of the faith life of my brother. That's what he's talking about here. Praise God. It's a conscience, I say, not your own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? Why would you not use another man's conscience to be judging my liberty? I am free. Okay, Paul said, for we know that the idols of this world are what? Are nothing. If you bring food offered to idols, with my knowledge of the word of God, I will say I will eat that food because there are no idols. Because of his stature. But he says, for the conscience of my weak brother, I will not exercise myself in that my liberty. Praise God. Conscience. I say not thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judge of another man's conscience? For if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that for which I give thanks? Because if you put anything before you to eat, whether it's sacrificed to idols or not, and you offer thanksgiving to it, it is sanctified, right? So he's saying, why am I now being judged of that liberty? Because of my weak brother. Do you, do you understand? Praise God. Now, 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 when we are learning things like this, that means we are, you know, we are cleaning out the rough edges of our lives. Wherefore, therefore, you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all 
to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Don't cause things that will cause offense. Don't do things that will cause offense. Now, that doesn't mean that people won't be offended. It's, that's not what he's talking about here. I'm sure you understand the context. Praise God. He said, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit. So I seek to please men in all things. Not because of my own profit. And what, this is not talking about bootlicking. Is it bootlicking they call it? Eh, eye service. You know. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about living a life in a manner that is free. Free of accusations. Free of, somebody will not say, eh, after now they'll say they are Christians. See what they are doing. Right? Let not your good be evil what? Spoken of. Hallelujah. He said, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many. This is the caption. This is the real deal. This is the, this is the issue here. That they may be saved. That they may be saved. So at any point in time, my pursuit, my that I am preferring or that I am uh, uh, um, looking out for the wealth of my brother is that I am running my life in a manner that will cause them daily to walk in salvation. If a man needs salvation, when he sees me, he should be able to move forward. A man shouldn't need salvation. And how do you know who needs salvation? Are you in the spirit? You don't know. The day I, the, when I was go, getting ready to give my life to Christ, I had gotten ready to be saved long time before the opportunity came. I was a student on campus. I remember one particular day there was a girl, Ugoma. Ugoma is such a beautiful yellow girl like this. She was in CU. She walked into my room. She was my roommate's friend. I was sitting on the bed and what was here was tell me about Jesus. Tell me about Jesus. I want to know about Jesus. I was just in year one. I was a jambite. I want to know about Jesus. Tell me about Jesus. And as she walked into the room, immediately I saw her. That was the urge. But my mouth, I was no bold to say it. I couldn't talk. I was just looking at her. I stopped what I was doing. I was trying to dress up. I stopped what I was doing. I held my towel to myself and I looked at her until she left the room. She couldn't pick it. She couldn't pick it. I would leave my room. I, I, I was living on 400 series. I would come out of my room. I would stand and I'll be watching. I'll be looking for Christians. Who prayed me to that state? I don't know. I don't know. Somebody must have done some intercession somewhere. Praise God. Someone. I'll be looking at, I'll be looking at Christians. I'll say, no, this one, I don't like them. Those ones that tie scarf and look ugly. No, go. Say, this one, this one is, is always, uh, it's very wicked. There are those that don't share water. Those are things unbelievers were looking at. Don't laugh. It's serious. Many people will not receive Jesus because of those simple things. The boy, I, I, there was one, my, the, 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 
biggest exploit of my ministry on campus was a particular young man that was a cult capoon. The day he got convicted, part of the things he brought before God, he said, all these Christians are wicked, Joe. He said, is it not this one that did this? 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 He was right. You know how I know he was right? The Holy Spirit said, ask him for forgiveness. So I said, my dear, I said, I stand on behalf of all of us that have been mean and wicked to you. We have not shown you love. I ask you to please forgive us. I said, those things that we did is not the resemblance. It's not what Christianity is all about. That's not what Christianity looks like. I said, but for there to be a fake, there's an original. And what I want you to come and do tonight is to come and receive the original. The demon left him. He got up. He said, I don't want to hear again. Don't tell me again. Don't tell me, don't tell me. Don't tell me, don't tell me. That's tall, six, two. Don't tell me, don't tell me. He started shouting. I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. He fell in Lady Biam Hall. Amen. Collapsed on the floor. He was there for three hours. Got born again. That day went to heaven. That day got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Nobody on the floor by himself. He had an encounter that is beyond encounter. We were hearing his encounters from what he was saying from his mouth. Ah, Jesus is passing now. See all the people I killed. See all the people I sent to hell. See all their souls they are going before me. Oh, my, my sisters. My sin is too much for me. They have put it on my head. My head wants to shatter. My, this, he was talking for three hours. After going through that brutal experience. He now had peace. He said, God. He got up. He clapped. He looked at his hands. He called his name. He said, you, you evil boy, clapping. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, you evil boy, clapping. He said, do you know why I came into this place this night? I came to sleep with this girl. That's why I came to this room. There's a girl he came to collect. I was living next door. I came to that room to, to collect water. And I started preaching to him. Praise God. So there are, we must pay attention to those things. Give me water. I won't give you. Give me uh, this. I won't give you. Unbelievers are watching. Uh, after you say you'll be a pastor. So I was looking. This one, I don't like their Christianity. This one, I don't like their Christianity. There was one girl. Chine. She was pretty. She was in SCM, quite all right. No makeup, but you could see the beauty of Jesus. And I said, hey. I said, this one. The day I become a Christian, that's the type of Christian I want to be. So long, I was looking for God. Even when we go to parties, when I come back, I say, hmm. I say, the day I become born again. Eh? I used to say it. I said, the day I become born again, I will never go to party again, no. <laughs> all I just needed was somebody that was sensitive to know that this mango don't ripe pluck it it's time to pluck it the harvest is ripe hallelujah thank you Jesus I want us to talk to the Lord I want, to, I want, you, to, I want you to talk to him and tell him I'm ready to be your habitation.
I'm ready to be your habitation. Thank you, Jesus. I'm ready to be your habitation. Romans 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You present your body a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. I want you to present your body this evening. I want us to present our body. I want us to present this community and say, Father, we present, we come to you, Father. We say yes. We say yes to your demand, Father. We say yes to your demand, Father. We say yes, Lord. We say yes to your demand. We say yes. You want to inhabit with us. You want to be here with us. You want to rule over us. You want to love us. Father, we say yes. We say yes and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Help us to purify our hearts. Help us to purify our motives. Help us to purify our desires. Strengthen us for the sacrifices that we need to make. We require strength for every portion of this journey. And we must be sincere. We must be sincere to ourselves. Please don't think that there is no room for the weak. He says the weak shall become like David. The weak must be receiving, must be willing to receive the instructions that the Spirit of God is giving. That is what will strengthen you. If someone is hungry, you keep saying, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. They bring food and put before you. Eat the food. I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Eat the food. I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Does it solve hunger? I must be able to eat it. I must be able to eat it. Father, we want to see your power in this place. I do not want to practice religious Christianity. I'm not going to be political about it. I'm not going to be humble about it. If this is pride, Father, I'm sorry. Let the blood of Jesus wash me from all pride. But I will not. Paul said, I do not want to know anything amongst you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, when I came to you, I did not come with enticing words of man's wisdom. He said, I came with the demonstration.
demonstration of the power and the spirit of God. The price that I need to pay. The price that you need to pay to demonstrate the power and the spirit. Be available to pay it. I've taken time, I'm telling you the truth, I've taken time to look at men and women that have gone ahead of me. And I have looked at some lives and I say, I like this life. I would like to live like this. As a minister, I would want my life, I want my ministry like this. I want my life to be, I want this as my testimony. And I have seen that all these men, they are all men of absolute sacrifice. They don't live for themselves. They don't live for the earthly pleasure. Their pursuit is not earthly pleasure. So I need grace. I need grace to say no to the world calling us. I need grace to say no to the things that are calling us. Thank you, Jesus. Somate. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We receive the spirit of discipline. We receive the spirit of discipline. We receive the spirit of discipline. Father, we receive grace to be disciplined. We receive the spirit of discipline. We receive the spirit of self-denial. Self-denial. Marekapa sakatanabaya. Arakama sakabatayanamaya bababa shata. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Pastor, please come and help us with communion. And then we want to take strong declarations with the communion. We will no longer be taking our communion casually. Praise God. We lay a demand on the power of the covenant. There is power there. We lay a demand on it. Hallelujah. I saw an angel, you know, present. I just want us to engage briefly. Let can we stand to our feet? Let's let us engage the word. Let's engage the word um, briefly. Asima Navati, see, he said. Asima Navahasa, see, this is it. 
Asimeni vihesatia, shikivete sasia. Asimena vahasa sivihesete. Asimena kapadia sasivihesete. Ah, we declare that we are of God. We declare that we are of God. Ah, we declare that we are the city of the Lord. We declare that this house will be built. 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 We bless the man for the materials. We demand the material for the buildings. Our eyes are open. Our ears hear the speaker. Kabuto. Jakate Shakabala. Shakutaga de Barakatagashato. Ah, Eyemote. Shakabababashato. We drop our agenda. We drop our agenda. We take up the agenda of heaven. We wear the burden of the spirit. Yeah. We live in the will of God. We live in the will of God. We declare the will of God for our generation. We are that generation that seek his face. We are that generation that seek his face. We are the generation that go after the mind of God. There is some in generation by the will of God. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. Oh, Ayala Baba Hashata. Shakudega Barakata Ganashakata. Shale Barakata Ganashakata. Alaba Balaba Diakata We strength. We partake on strength.
fax image in our bodies. In the name of Jesus. We go for life. We go for life. We go for strength. In the name of Jesus, we go for healings. Healings. We go for healings. Streams of healings. Rams of healings. Dimensions of healings. In the name of Jesus, the Yeshua, the Christ. Oh, we bless you. We bless you, Father. Oh, we give you praise. Yes, we partake on your flesh. We eat your flesh. Oh, I drink your blood. We declare the world to come. We declare the civilization of the ages to come in our record, in our bodies, in our blood. In the name of Jesus Christ, we say we shall be a weakness. Weakness of death, but the witness of life, the witness of the age is to come. This is our declaration. This is our mandate. This is our reality. We give you glory. We give you glory. Oh, we give you praise. We worship you, Father. We give you glory. We give you worship. Because we are in agreement with life. We are in the covenant with life. We give you all the glory. Thank you for the sure mercy of David. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. We activate this reality. We activate it in our midst. We activate it, oh God, individually. We activate it as a people, Father. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. We give you all the praise. We honor you. We honor you. In Jesus' name.
Et tu lui donnes. Et tu lui dois. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. We draw all the mysteries of heaven to worship our Father. We declare His Lordship in our lives. We declare His Lordship in our communities. We declare His Lordship in our hearts. We declare His Lordship. We rejoice in the hope of eternal life. We give you glory. We give you glory. Oh, we worship you. Oh, we worship you. We give you glory. We give you glory. Thank you, blessed Father. Thank you, Father. in our bodies life in our bodies we terminate every illness we terminate every disease by the blood by the life of Jesus Christ glory to God Eaten. There is power. It has power. Power against sin. 
power against lust, power against darkness, power against sickness, power against death, power against delays, power against Hakapuri and Agabasata. Any form of delay. This sister is trusting God for, for marriage. A sister called me, she said, I am 48 years old. I am still single. Sister Che. Father, we cover the power of this covenant. The power of this covenant. The power of the Abrahamic covenant. The power of this covenant. The power of this covenant. Over this house. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Say with me. I renounce my family name. Call your family name. My own family name is a Simoke. My own family name is Isibo. I renounce a Simoke family. I renounce a Sibo family. I renounce the curses in that bloodline. I receive the blessing in the bloodline of Jesus. I receive the blessing in the bloodline of Jesus. I receive the bloodline of Jesus. I am Christ. I am Christ. I am Abraham's seed. I call for the power of this covenant over every life here today. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.
Hallelujah. Someone will meet with you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Someone will meet with you. I'll talk with you. Um, this be bright is bright. We meet here every Saturdays and Thursday in Mekizere School. And we all have uh, various meetings online, like open book and work for now. The one announced earlier on. God bless you. We'd like to see more of you. After we close, someone will talk with you briefly. Praise God. Let's give our offering. If you have your offering, let's stand to our feet as we thank the Lord. Let's bless his name. Let us give him all the glory. Father, we just want to thank you for today. We ask that that which you did in our lives today shall be permanent. You will help us. 